0: on a long stick as the riders went past. And all he would say was, here comes the brass ring. Grab for the brass ring. You might be the lucky one, lucky one, lucky one. Grab for the brass ring. Win a free ride on the merry-go-round. And this old doll made a wild grab. And she had a crocheted bag hung over her elbow, a bag full of all kinds of knitting and little round, bumpy things and dark things. And she was wearing a simple, basic, creaking black. She was the kind of person who was so gusseted with stays that even in repose, she sounds like a ship rocking at anchor. And she's reaching for the brass ring, and suddenly she lost her hold on the long brass pole and swung around and was clinging to the bottom side of a wooden horse in a carnival just outside of Muncie, Indiana, but she got the brass ring. It was a wild moment of truth. They stopped the machine, they rescued her, They set her back up on the thing. It started off again, and she was doing nothing but reaching for brass rings all afternoon. It was the first time that it almost happened in her late and most recent experience. Now, look. I'm this kid, see? Now, we're all interested in origins, aren't we? The seeds, right? Like my mother says, stand on the porch long enough and you'll get it in the eye stand on the street corner for a period of the allotted time that we're all given and you'll see the parade. Just wait there. It'll it'll come. There'll be drums, there'll be flags, there'll be floats. And I'm this kid and I go to Riverview Park on Two Cent Day. Two Cent Day... If I remember correctly, which I probably don't... said to relate was Wednesday. Two-cent day. When, if you're accompanied by an adult... Ah, yes, adulthood. Let's hear those adults. Come, sing. When one mentions maturity, one mentions maturity... with the sound of reverence and awe. Wouldn't it be great to be grown up... Do you think Khrushchev is grown up? Is Dickie grown up? Is Jack grown up? Is Adley grown up? Is anybody grown up? Anybody? And so I'm this kid. And there, on two-cent day, I decided to invest a hard-earned two cents on a ride called the Caterpillar. Is there a, another victim of the Caterpillar out there tonight? Anyone who has been it and there and in it and through it, too? It's like veterans of the Spanish-American War gathering and talking over old lost battles.
1: <laughs>
0: Let me tell you about the Caterpillar. I was... You see, I was euchred. That is a great word. euchred. Have you ever been snookered? Isn't what you think, you know. Not at all. It isn't a southern expression that is mentioned only when the children are in bed. (laughs) And so I put my two cents down, and I walked up a wooden ramp to ride on the caterpillar. The caterpillar is a green caterpillar, literally. Covered with green canvas, with yellow stripes, with a little red here and there, and great big black staring eyes. And it goes up and down. It undulates, is the word, I suppose. Up and down, up and down, it undulates. And I had seen the caterpillar from a distance for a long time, contemplating this, mulling it over. Up to that point, I was strictly a... I was strictly a merry-go-round man, deciding to to diversify my holdings, to increase my experience with the world at large. I felt that the first step should be in the direction of... Ca- because I had, I had been a caterpillar fan. I have tell you about the time I brought home the tomato worm. Have you ever seen a tomato worm? Out of a tomato patch that weigh about four pounds. It's the only man-eating caterpillar that America grows. And I once brought one home on a small leash. And I'll never forget the look on my mother's face when I threatened to make a sandwich out of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know how kids are I mean, I mean, you know how kids are I'm telling you it's authentic authentic and so I was a caterpillar man from way back and I spent my two cents the caterpillars stopped and the canvas sides rolled up and we were led to the slaughter like the lambs that we are I'm sitting next to Esther Jane Alberry, who, by the way, was paying her own freight in those days. (laughs) And I sat there next to Esther Jane, and funny thing about Esther Jane, when Esther Jane got worried, Esther Jane closed her eyes shut, absolutely shut. This little round ball of human protoplasm, this chick I was madly in love with, and the two of us sat in the innards, the gut of that caterpillar. And waited for the man to throw the lever. Which he did in total darkness. That is the secret of the caterpillar. Inside that long undulating green body, it's totally dark. And it begins to go up and down. And at each... A puff of hot air comes from somewhere near your feet. I was thrilled. I also will have to wait for the women and children to leave before we can tell you what else I did. All I know is that it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I should have taken care of it, of course, before I entered this terrible maelstrom. And after the third... I just, just couldn't help it any longer, you know. And I walked sideways for that whole night, hoping that Esther Jane wouldn't see what had happened on the caterpillar. She never, she never let on that she saw, which is the first real example of true humanity that I've ever experienced in my life. I know she saw. To begin with, I was, well, there's no use raking over the coals. And I, I remember walking sideways and we we were going on the Ferris wheel and and Esther Jane says, are you listening to me? I said, yes. She says, "Well, well, why don't you look here? I'm looking at the parachute ride. We kept making left turns all night, hoping she wouldn't see what had happened to me on the caterpillar ride, that which I should have taken care of before we got on. Oh, incidentally, in case you're interested in what happened, it will be mailed to you plain sealed wrapper. You must must prove that you are over 21. And uh, for those who are lovers of real art studies... There will be yes. There will be fifty, fifty genuine poses.
1: Stop you crying, cause you can't come in. But if you love me, you'll come back again. Esther. Bye, bye. What, 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 what? What
0: are you trying to do, all of you? I mean, what's what's bugging all of you? Beba, beba. What's bugging? What is it? Look, you've come to the right man. I'm here to listen. Come on, calm down. Just, 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 just tell me the story gently. Oh, no. look, 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 look. Look, look. look, look. You, you, you just say it right out. Just Say it. I can't help you when you're acting like this. I can't. Would you like to open a cornerstone and find a frog there that had been placed in it in 1887? A frog that was still alive? I mean, in 1887, he was alive. What's the matter? Don't you have any any romance in your soul? I, I, I don't mean that. I mean romance, you know. Oh, come on now. Let's quit, quit fooling around. Look, I'm just trying to get organized. I want everybody to sit down for a minute. We've got some parlor games to play.
1: Now, now, now look.
0: For those of you who want to play Monopoly, I brought the Monopoly board. For those of you who want to sing, I brought some great records, kids. And how about those of you who want to dance,
1: huh?
0: And, and for those of you who want to be concerned, I brought... I brought Listen to me. This is my party, not yours.
1: Look, I am... It's for me. Not you. I want you all... (laughs) How about some spaghetti, huh?
0: I got some great spaghetti here. (laughs) I make spaghetti like nobody makes spaghetti. I, I... 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 All right. Okay, go ahead. All right, go on. Fool around. I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> I don't worry about it. It's one thing about me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Ah, I think you're getting me mad, huh? Oh, no. Nobody gets me mad. No, sir.
1: I call my baby my sugar. No, sir. Never made me my Look, sugar. you guys think
0: just because you the came around here, because I money. let you in, and because we're all here money. together, you think you're bugging me?
1: Ha, <laughs> ha. Oh, no. Had no, mama no, sir. No, I sir. I'm not going to pull a Jack money. Lemon on you. Oh, no. He he I'm not going to get excited. Time. No, sir. I'd make I'll a million trips to his lips
0: What was that?
1: Were it, because it's than now, look. Chocolate look, I can take
0: a, a joke deep. as well as the He's next one.
1: That's it. Everybody always
0: said, Shepherd, you I can take a joke. <laughs> one thing about me, I got a sense I'm of humor. Sweet my sugar. It's one thing great about all Americans. A sense of humor. I got a sense of a, of, I'm got an American. I got a sense of humor, right? And I got mechanical aptitude, right? Right. And and I and I I, 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 I got a good way of life, Right. Okay, now we're all agreed on that, huh? I can give you now look, don't change the subject. You are evading the issue. You are becoming sentimental. And I know that type. I have ducked the sentimental type all of my life. Now cut it out. Cut it out? Go,
1: Shut up! Yeah, now look, I said cut it out! Yeah. Now look, you're wrong. Look, all right, that's the end. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it.
0: There's this little kid sitting there and he is wearing a castro suit. The next one. He is wearing a castro suit. This kid. And when I when I do this that means take it off, you know? Uh there's some funny business about this. Have you ever had the feeling that you're starring in the Charlie M. Johnson show? (laughs) And and, uh, it's getting kind of bad reviews in the out-of-town papers? You know, it's it's an interesting fact that many of us do have the feeling that we are on an out-of-town tryout throughout most of our lives, that we are eternally playing New Haven or Wilmington, and that we're afraid to bring the show into town because, first of all, there's no theater yet available. Of course, all an illusion. It's, it's all a, it's like those two people I saw the other day, sitting in a car, and the car was marked Invicta. Do any of you know what Invictus is? I would suggest you look that one up. There is an American automobile that sports in chromium letters across its bow the simple enigmatic phrase Invicta. I would suggest you look that up. In a sense, uh, perhaps this is uh, the same reason why we name our, our missiles and our rockets after Thor and after Atlas, Jupiter, and Zeus. Ancient God ancient, lost, forgotten gods. Don't bother They clip the coupon. I'm sitting there the other day and I get in the mail. Oh, I don't know what it is. I have a feeling that somewhere there is some dark, evil force that knows exactly what each one of us really are and puts us on the right mailing list. Has it ever occurred to you that you might very well be judged in the end by the type of mailing lists you are on? You want to see the mailing that some guys are on. (laughs) You know, I got a letter the other day that had a postmark that says, Stamp out obscene mail. I have never gotten any obscene mail. And it was a quickening of interest, a, a quickening of hope for a moment there. I thought it said, this is obscene mail, do not open. So naturally I opened it up and it turned out to be just one of those things, $300 on your signature only, which in a sense was obscene anyway. How did they know? But, 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 you know, you could very well be judged somewhere someplace by the kind of mailing list you're on. And I am on the prime patsy mailing list. And I know, I think I know, how I got on this mailing list. When I'm about 10 years old, I invested a whole dollar in sending out 100 postcards to every place in the back of G8 and his battle aces that listed, please send for free illustrated brochure and sample. I got a sample of interwoven socks... I got a sample lesson on how to fix super heterodynes without any outside tools other than that found in the average home workshop, say, like a volt-oh meter. I got I got a I got a sample lesson from the Kansas City School of Fingerprinting. I've never forgotten that one, by the way. I put it to good use from time to time. They were ready to send me a cape and a pearl-handled pearl, pearl cane. That came along with lesson two, if you signed up. I got I got probably one of the best I got. (laughs) You see, I posed for a short period during my early youth as an art student. And I also posed as one who was well over twenty-one and who was concerned only with the beauties of the, the, let's say, the curvilinear form, which is to say the human figure. I was very interested in that type of art. I sent away for many free samples from places that operated out of Hollywood. So So naturally, Armand, can you imagine Bernard Baruch on a couple of those mailing lists? <laughs> I mean he must have done something when he was a kid that he's never quite been able to live out of get away from can't you see Can't you see Ike still getting at the White House? He gets letters from J. E. Smith who keeps saying there is a career for you in radio. That J.L. of Hattiesburg, Mississippi earns up to $4 a year in his spare time repairing TV sets? When are you going to move? I still get them, and I wrote for this thing when I was nine. J.E. Smith has pursued me all over the country. I got a letter from him in Rome. Surely Ike must still get letters from the Kansas City School of Crime Detection. I mean, he must have been a kid once. Of course. Of course. You never really escape it, you know. It pursues you endlessly. Endlessly. Yes, they're probably still out there in the darkness. Many dormant art studies. 50, count them 50. Speaking of studies. Speaking of dormancy. This is W O R A M and F M, New York. Right in the heart of the Big Apple. I mean, this is the center of the universe, right? N Y. New York Areno. and we are here Jack just think you could be in uh, Omaha, Utah wouldn't that be rotten I think for a minute you could be in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan you could be in uh, Spiros, Greece just sitting there vegetating You are right here in N.Y., Jack. The center, the hub, right? The world revolves around us like spokes. We are in the big time. (laughs) The New York Yankees of humanity.
1: Hmm.
0: Right here where it all begins and where it all ends. In the shadow of the hanging gardens. Right in the old shadow. Is there anybody out there who. Of course not. No one can deny. It. Right? I'm just sitting here, baby, contemplating my navel. Trying to read the message. It's as though the whole history of the world is contained in seven little known show melodies by Jerome Kern. Hold <laughs> that, Ed, and set it back. There is a kind of non music music that that is just just I'll give you the cue here that is in one way one of the saddest kinds of, it's it's the let's say it's the professionally passionate it's the calculatedly compassionate music the music with the built-in emotional non-emotion that is so much part of new york you know, when you live here in New York, there is always a sneaking, you know this, Howard, there is a sneaking, vague, bittersweet, elusive taste in your mouth always that you have lost something. And, and no one really ever stops to say, well, what is this I have lost? It's certainly not the good life of Chillicothe, Ohio. Because the implication there, of course, is that they have gained something that you have lost, or that you had something once that has departed. And this, this kind of, this, this, this feeling, this, this strange elusive quality is, 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 is in many ways triggered by the kind of music that is New York music. It has nothing to do with music music, actually. There's no passion in it, really. It's the, it's the uh, professional non-passion of the musical comedy stage. It's, it's the figure of a 47-year-old woman dressed in a 19-year-old type dress singing about completely unreal children in a Rodgers and Hammerstein unreal thing that touches an unreal chord in the unreal hearts of all of us. It's much easier for the average New Yorker you know to weep over a trite Rogers and Hammerstein lyric than it is to weep over his own family. Much easier. And much safer. I think New York is largely peopled by by the fugitives, you know, in one way or another. Not those who have come to New York, actually although the feeling is that you have, but you have really scurried away from something to come here. And so this this strange unmusical music, this 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 peculiar passion of of a of a non-mother singing mother songs. This uh this this Mabel Mercer who 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 sings of lost loves that she never had to people who never had loves to lose is a fascinating outcropping in the in this mountain this, this magic hillock that we're living in and this this music listen to this now this is the kind of music hey stop watch this is the kind of music this is this is it this is it this is it This is east side music. I mean, you can almost taste the ice cubes. You can almost taste the ice cubes.
1: And all that scotch. Listen to this.
0: This is pure east side music. This is not jazz. It's not Beethoven. It's not Mary Martin. It's only East Side Nostalgia. And, and what, you, what you need... No, drinking isn't an important part of this, no. It's just kind of one of the little bits of decoration. The whole picture. I mean women who sing songs in Leonard Sillman reviews about little children. And, and uh, one of the most
1: consistent aspects.
0: I think this can be found hold it Ed I think this can be found more than anything else in the New York Review the Review where in almost every review I've ever seen for some reason or other suddenly a girl pops up next to a bar and she begins to sing set up Joe just one for the room He's, you know yeah. it, 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 it's 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 an automatic thing in all reviews the girl singing the the lost love song and then somewhere along the line in every one of these reviews somebody has to do something about a little child who is lost and forgotten this is this is part of the review formula it has to be done and the people who go to see these things the, the most frightening thought that they could ever have in their in their world is to actually have a child. To be involved with a child. I mean, literally have a child. Really, one right there. And so they weep. As the song is sung about the lost child at the cocktail party. whom oh, no one looks at,
1: Oh, no one talks to him.
0: And then the girl sits by the bar and sings about her lost love. Set him up, Joe. Just one for the road. Just one for the road. Purple violets on my furs. See, the guy is just concluding his set now. He's letting you know that he's about to take a 20 minute break. You know (laughs) Have you ever had the feeling I guess this feeling is is in a way Related to something that I think all of us felt It's the feeling of having missed two or three days at school You're at school, you know and you're going along fine and then one day you get the pip or something and you miss about four days and it's it's a long morning when you're when you're home from school. It's always morning. Incidentally, you are aware of this that the whole day is composed of one long morning. When I say to you, staying home from school, do you have any image? Do you feel anything? Do you have a taste? Do you have a smell of a bathrobe? Do you have the do you have the feel of a sock around the neck? A vague a vague sensation of a guilty nagging conscience that you put it over on somebody and. It just you know after you've really actually done it, you feel kind of rotten about it, and so you're home and it's it's ten o'clock in the morning, and the radio is playing, and the next and you're drinking these these lemonades and stuff and eating the soft boiled eggs and carrying on with the act, and four days go by and finally you go back to school, and then this is where the subtle feeling begins, is when you get back to school, the feeling that you don't really belong. They have done something that you will never do. You'll never capture it again. You will never be able to go back with them again. You will never be able to experience last Tuesday when Alex Josway got up and said that crazy thing in English class that you hear about, only hear about. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of life has been snipped out of your life. And, and it is this, this odd little feeling of having missed something that you didn't want to take part in. Of having missed something that in one way repelled you. Being there, you wouldn't have stayed away. This 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 split right down the middle is the same split that this music, this this New Yorkese music plays on. So come on, buddy. Get up on the table. I mean, it's not gonna do you one bit of good not to vote. <laughs> like that sign. It's, it's like that sign that I saw the other day, the big sign. See? And it says, I don't care how you vote. And the sign looked like uh, one of these friendly poster-type people. And he was looking out of his poster, and it said, I don't care how you vote, buddy, but vote. And I glance up at the sign, and I look down, and two of these cretinous-looking creatures were looking up at the sign, both of them wearing black jackets and carrying transistor radios. Stuck under their epaulets, with the earplugs plugged in, with the throbbing sound of the swinging 60s echoing through their labyrinthine inner ear. And both of them were over 21. And I had this terrible sensation that both of them were going to vote. I mean, what chance do you have? Don't! I mean, discourage as many of them as you can from voting, for crying out loud. That's connected with one of the great delusions of all time. One of the great mankind delusions is that 50 million Frenchmen can't be wrong. Whereas, if the truth were out, 50 million Frenchmen have rarely ever been right. In it, you don't have to cue it. Now hold it now. No, 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 no. Here it go. Just, just put your hand on it and hold it. See, I'll give you the cue. Just easy there. I guess it, it all ties in with trying to say something that is unsayable. You know, that 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 all the time we were going, all the time we're swinging in one way or another. That even during a war, any time that we're having any kind of trials and tribulations, hardly any time has ever been described by the people who lived during that time in any other terms other than at this moment of crisis in mankind's long, bloody history, has always been as nothing but one long moment of crisis. Being alive is a crisis, you know. And uh, for this reason, uh, we begin to have the illusion that we are living always in the most troubled times, fascinating to point out and to note that at at any given election, just before the election, somebody makes the statement, it is wise that we consider our choices very carefully at this time of great peril, peril not only to the American people at large, but to the people of all the world. This is a time of great crisis and probably no American president in the history of America. America will have faced such genuine, soul-searching, deep, and continually abiding and constantly reiterating decisions. The point being, of course, is that we always suspect that every president we are about to elect is about to face the most difficult problems that have ever faced mankind. Now, what is the key to this? (laughs) The key, of course, uh, is a non-key in a way. And yet you can't, you can't help but be, be wildly encouraged. Did you read that little note? Well, I guess you wouldn't have. Uh, most people are not, not lucky enough, or privileged enough, or maybe just don't have the desire to read foreign newspapers. Well, I read a little note. I get a newspaper about once or twice, oh, maybe every couple of weeks, I, I get a little bundle of them, of the Daily Express. The London Daily Express. You see, the Express is not like the London Times, where the London Times, in many ways, editorializes on the news by merely excluding it. It's just uh, very important, uh, the things that are said in the London Times, like in, as in the New York Times. By the way, isn't it, has it ever occurred to you that's probably one of the most uh, sweeping claims that has ever been made by any newspaper, at least any newspaper I know of, all the news that's fit to print. Now that that is really <laughs> that is really laying it right down the middle alley. All the news that's fit to print. Well, down deep in the bowels of the Daily Express, a few weeks ago, a little sleek, very sneaky little news note appeared. That when I read this thing, I almost fell right out of my revolving chair. Because it was the kind of thing that, you know, that you watch for. That in spite of it being always the moment of great peril, the moment of great crisis in mankind, there is that little little stickleback, that little minnow of soreheadism that swims in the aquarium of each one of our souls, waiting to be fed. Listen to this beautiful little news note. I know you didn't read this one in the Times. This is clipped right out of the London Daily Express, August 10th, 1960. It happened just a few weeks ago. Two bus crews went on strike in East London last night after passengers jeered and booed them when their number 56 buses arrived definitely late. <laughs> Can't you see these buses coming up to coming up to 57th and Madison after the guys have been waiting for two hours and the the passengers this one man boo boo him, ah! <laughs> What a beautiful picture. We don't we we never do this. Listen to this. The trouble began at the Blackwall Tunnel. The bus crew told an inspector they were not standing for any more insults. It seems the passengers all got on the bus and sat there for 20 minutes and made rotten comments. As the bus rolled along, they then turned all of the... Get off! all it get off! I'm not going to listen to this sort of thing. Get off! I don't have to listen to your sort of guff. Get off! Get off! Get off! Now go on, all of you, all of you, get off! exactly what the bus driver said of the number 56 bus kicked all of the passengers off and in solitary splendor they drove back to their garage. I don't know whether I'm on the bus driver's side or on the people's side. All I know is it's a great moment. And the people are left standing by the Blackwall Tunnel with no bus. And incidentally, the Blackwall Tunnel at that point has no bus service other than the number 56 bus. So they stood. London transport official said only one thing. We are baffled. We don't know what to do about this sort of thing. We generally don't have this sort of relationship with our passengers. It's most extraordinary. Later, officials of the London Transport Company persuaded the busman to give the public another chance. Go on back, old man. Get on the the buses returned to the spot where they had left their passengers, and they had all disappeared. So how can you worry? I mean, really, how can you honestly figure that that, that it's, it's not going to
1: work out? God, it's an extraordinary occurrence on the Blackmore panel this afternoon, Charles. Should we meet in the express this afternoon? beastly public. since the Labour government got the control of things after the war, this sort of thing has been rampant. Sitting and jeering and booing the driver. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Charles, will you please get some more soda? Good heavens. Sort so, thing is the sort of thing that gives the Empire a black eye. This is not English. This is definitely not English. What are they going to say in New Delhi? India? Jill, the driver, like insult against authority. It's this confounded Labour government. What's his name, this man, Gateskull? man can't even read the paper. These days, we're right having trouble with his heart. Please, I lie down for a bit before dinner, you please tell Marjorie I'll meet you at dinner.
0: exactly the the story (laughs) I'm sorry you know it's terrible I I get off have you ever had the feeling that this program is one vast digression that that you know you ought to hear what the sales department says about it the sales department has been has been has been hoping sleepily against hope that any day now I'm going to straighten up and start acting like a radio people you know I'm going to start interviewing people a happy program for happy people. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a far cry. I haven't heard many far cries recently. I heard one the other day on Forty Sixth Street, that I, it just stuck right there in my old kidney. But uh, while we're on the subject of the far cry, <laughs> what was it I was going to do here? Oh yes. In just two and a half minutes, you're going to hear the news. Now, I'm a news fan, actually, because the news actually in one way or another is literally a telling of the human story. Now generally we we, we speak of the wrong things in the news, but that's neither here nor there. The the thing that I would like to say, just before we before we go into this this never never land, this great swirling land of the of the affairs of men, I have a deep and abiding suspicion that more and more today There are more people who feel that they don't have any involvement in these deep and almost uh, all-encompassing affairs of men, which are always occurring in the news. The news has become, in short, a show that you, you have no more involvement in it than you do, say, watching a Mary Martin musical.